Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's Program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Kroc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. This podcast is brought to you in part by the estate of Bob Nelson. Bob was a lover of all things San Diego and a longtime supporter of Voice of San Diego and its podcasts. We at Voice of San Diego are honored to have his support during his lifetime and continued support through his estate planning. Are you looking to engage with regional decision makers, business leaders, elected officials, and industry professionals committed to improving downtown San Diego? Join the Downtown San Diego Partnership. As a member, you'll receive access to exclusive resources, exposure to special programming, networking functions, and additional opportunities unmatched by any other local membership-based organization. Join the driving forces behind the future of Downtown San Diego. For a 10% discount, become a member today. Stop typing and looking at your screens Unless you're doing something for the script. Lopez. You don't know what's in my heart. Welcome to the Voice of San Diego podcast in partnership with News Radio 600 Kogo. I am Scott Lewis, the CEO an editor-in-chief at Voice of San Diego, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrew Keats, managing editor at Voice of San Diego. Hello, Andy. What up? <laughs> and fellow managing editor, Andrea Lopez Villafaña. What's up, Lopezita? <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Coming up on the show this week, Bill Walton has stirred things up. As we reported last week, the NBA legend, great basketball player, not good. Great, also commentator. We, of course, reported that he flooded Mayor Todd Gloria's email inbox with harsh messages about the state of the homeless crisis in San Diego. And we talked about this last week on the show, and then I posted the story about his emails, and that took off. So we're going to talk about the response since then. It feels like kind of a moment in this ongoing storyline of the region's top crisis. And how about the trash fee? If you ask me, all the fees are trash. Hey, yo. (laughs) Nice. Ahead of the November election, city council candidates are taking stands on the measure that would reform the people's ordinance and pave the way for the city to charge a special fee for all residents 
and all trash collection that the city does. Won't actually pass the fee, but we'll talk about what we've learned now since about the candidate stand and why it's such a big deal. Uh, and speaking of trash, the city still needs to make progress on its goal of offering food waste recycling to residents. That deadline is January 2023. We'll discuss that and its relationship to the trash measure. It's all trash politics. That's coming up. Stay with me. Andy, can I say tell you something that'll make you happy? I would love it. So uh, this week was my birthday. I'm not gonna. I'm not not trolling for for you know happy birthdays or anything. But my daughter made me a card, a sheet of paper with a drawing of a softball field and like a lot of softball things going on. And at the top of it, it said, "Happy birthday, Dad! Thanks for being a good coach." But the good um, was over another word that had been erased, and I looked closely, and it was the word was great. So she had, <laughs> she had edited. She, she had, was like, eh. she had, great. Yeah. So like, I, I mean, think it's not a great. Coach. I will. I will always cherish her adorable instinct to limit my ego. Yeah. Right. Like she had what you sense all the time, which is like, this is dangerous <laughs> to go too far down yeah. this path. She wrote that card. She set it aside. She went about her day and it gnawed at her. And she was like, <laughs> it's too much. I need to go back. Good is good is good sufficient. Is good. good is fine. <laughs> it's a compliment. You can't expect more than that. It's fine. <laughs> Did you ask her anything? <laughs> she, she so she said she didn't know how to spell great. So she, oh. but I think that's what I would have said too. <laughs> Politifest is coming up October sixth and eighth. We have a great program lined up for you. We'll kick off with the Politifest South edition. This is Thursday. October 6th at the Emo Brown Foundation, Chula Vista. We will have the mayoral candidates for Chula Vista and for National City. They're debating. Somebody asked me why we didn't have Imperial Beach. And I was like, should do another event. <laughs> I don't know. Then October 8th, we have San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria, County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher discussing homelessness and many more great panels and discussions they're still yelling at me to get mine done. I had to switch a few things. I think I'm going to call it tea with Scott. I'm going to spill some tea. Eh? I'll vote against it, but that's fine. Check everything out at politifest.org. Come on, pod people. This is our first Politifest back since the pandemic tore apart the civic fabric. Get back together. See each other. Talk. Go to politifest.org, get tickets for yourself and fellow news junkies. If you're a student, the tickets are free. Again, that's politifest.org, P-O-L-I-T-I-F-E-S-T.org. Come and see us then. So last week we talked about uh, emails that I had obtained that the Bill Walton, the legendary basketball player, um, but I think one thing I don't think I articulated well last week was 
why it was significant that Bill Walton was saying these things. So, of course, what he had been saying was that he could not tolerate the situation with homelessness in San Diego, especially around Balboa Park, and that he felt like the mayor and Mayor Todd Gloria had failed, that, mm-hmm. that he had let the city down. By and, doing nothing about this state of affairs. According to him, yeah. yes. And, right. and that he, it was a really like personalized, you have failed. You, this city is no longer a place that I like or that is safe. Mm-hmm. It, I have been uh, assaulted and it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I articulated as well as I could have last week that the reason that this is so interesting is because not not because Bill Walton is so famous, but because he is the booster. He's he's there's a lot of boosters in town. And by booster we mean somebody who's who feels either a professional or just sort of civic obligation to promote San Diego and what it is and how cool it is and how everything's okay and you should come here. Your business should be here. Those are boosters, right? And they're the ones that are, you know, they want the Super Bowl to come here. Or they want, you know, they want things to happen for San Diego. And he's like the, the not necessarily a leader of them, but the one that they will bring in to like sort of symbolize whatever cause or initiative. And he's happy to do it, right? Yeah. And has for a long time. He's like, when he wades into local public affairs it's typically on those terms he doesn't he doesn't get into like thorny controversial issues he uh, occasionally a little bit like the balboa park redo he got involved in but, but even he, that he was didn't like, even think it was though right exactly and not none of the you know the the booster class of the city did it was right. like we love balboa park this is a way to make it even better it's great full stop and like he was part of that Two years ago, when they were trying to pass the height limit um, exemption for Midway and the sports arena redevelopment, he came aboard and his coming aboard became big news. Even a bad (laughs) joke uh, on on the Twitter from former mayor Kevin Faulkner, where he says, Bill Walton is living proof that sometimes height limits just don't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) So him saying... The mayor has failed was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, also things he said in there were like, San Diego's a bad place now. Right. right. Like, didn't so, he say he, he no longer wants to recommend it to people? Well, so after the story ran, so I never got a chance to talk to him. He refused. He didn't want to talk to me about mm-hmm. his emails. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, I had to piece it together and confirm they were real and everything mm-hmm. else separately. After the story ran, it, blew up like the New York Post, all these places, all these TV stations, QSI, everything everybody followed the UT did something on this. And then he posted on Instagram his own thing. And this was even harsher than anything I had read in the emails where he said, I can no longer say that my hometown, San Diego, is the greatest place in the world. I can no longer urge my family, friends, tourists, and businesses to come to San Diego to live, work, and play. I can no longer say that our neighborhood for the last 43 years is still my dream. I'm broken hearted. Mayor Todd Gloria, clean up our city. Now, he later sent me all the emails so that I could read everything he'd written. And in one of those lines, he says, you should step down. He tells Todd Gloria to, to quit, to resign. 
So this is altogether a very harsh thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like to your point about, and I, I don't actually mean this, people will take it as such, but I don't mean to criticize people who are boosters. I it, Like, that's not what I do, but whatever. It is, it is what some people do. You're Those the opposite people, of a booster, right. Andy. <laughs> I love this town, all right? But the, that's not a group of people that tells the mayor, like, you failed, step down, no. right? Like, that—that right. that is, it's that's not the rhetorical oh, tilt. They maybe take. they do only when it gets to, like, Filnerian level, yes. like, fail right. or, you know, right. uh, accusations or whatever. So, to that point, here was Mark Cafferty. I think probably number three in the booster list, maybe number two. I don't know. He said, quote, in a tweet, Boston and San Diego are the two cities I've called home for all the decades I've spent in both places. Homelessness has always been a significant problem. My simple observations are that real solutions are complicated and hard. Blame on the other thing is cheap and easy, and so is anger. So he didn't tag Bill Walton in that. He didn't address, but that's what he's talking about. Sure. And and like... (laughs) I think there's just this like, there's just this, there's two reactions to have to this. And I watched both of them very significant, you know, significantly come out. One was this, like, come on, you can't blame Todd Gloria for this socioeconomic phenomenon. Right, and the whole the, state's dealing with it, not yeah, just San Diego. Right. And then the 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 other reaction, which was like, Wow, there's this has reached a new level of you know civic disgust mm-hmm. and something needs to happen. What are we doing? What and there was a ton of conversations like that happening around what he'd said and how do we first of all just having you know his sentence on like a go to you know Denver instead of here message or something is just not what you know what these boosters want right right and and so but I think I, I also have to say like I'm kind of tired of this city's the one side where it's always like everything's hard yeah stop you know blaming and stop being angry go pick up a shovel yeah you know? where are you in the arena yeah, yeah. or whatever right. when in fact like there has to be for any city to progress, for any community to progress, there has to be a perpetual dissatisfaction sort of pushing it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the value of democracy. That's the value of journalism, of everything that goes into making a community healthy is this like undercurrent of dissatisfaction. And that plays a part as much as boosterism or, you know, it's hard. Come on, guys. You know, like, don't be mean. Yeah. Like, that's the. the <laughs> And I just I think this is just a fascinating San Diego sort of moment of just it it all of its public parts kind of coming out its guts. Yeah. Well, the other thing that happened in response to this was people who immediately were like, "Awesome, you're right. Todd Gloria does stink at this." Yeah. And then quickly then read the story. Yeah. And we're like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. Actually, you're the jerk. I thought you were on my side that the police response to the homelessness was bad. You actually want more police response to the homelessness. I'm sorry I agreed with you. Actually, Todd does stink at this, but for the opposite reason that you think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was like playing out over the course of the, like the first couple days was like, like people who completely agree who's at fault. They just have exact opposite ideas about what the fault is. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, there was a lot of enthusiasm, right, to like jump aboard <laughs> yeah. the anger at Todd Gloria, but very different um, preferred courses of action that he would take, right? And I think there's on the one side, there's a whole bunch of people who, if you boiled off all of their feelings about the situation with homelessness right now, would have to admit that what they're saying is they should go to jail. Yeah. That these these people in the encampments should go to jail. Or they should be given a choice to go to shelter or jail. And on the other side, though, there's a whole uh, population of people that would, I think if you boiled off all of their points, would say, like, you can do nothing to disrupt the encampments until everybody has a funded, nice place to live going forward. Mm-hmm. And even then, you you couldn't disrupt them, right? Like, because for whatever reason, they may not want to go to those places. Right. And both sides seem completely unreasonable right now. Yeah, and then, and, and then landing right in the middle is like the, it's hard caucus. Yeah. Which, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard, and uh, boy, people sure don't agree, you know. So Todd Glory himself responded. Mm-hmm. He said uh, in a series of tweets he wrote, homelessness is the city's top priority, so it is my, my priority. Our approach can be boiled down to outreach, shelter, and housing. There's also a need for significant mental health reform, and we've made progress on all these. Over the- so he highlights a lot of different things, shelters they've opened, outreach that they're doing, uh, housing that they're building. He even talked about the sports arena redevelopment, which I think is like a little dicey to put in this list of what you're doing about homelessness. A because- little dicey? <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and weigh it in here. Uh, that's not part of this conversation. <laughs> Let's be real. Like We're two years from the end of the environmental review to consider signing the agreement that will eventually lead to a redevelopment at that site. I, I don't think that we should be offering that as as some sort of solution to what's going on on the streets today and it, yeah hey, that two is- years from now we might be done the environmental report <laughs> to potentially ink a contract with a developer who will then sublease out the parcels to n- other developers that in you know four years if all of the funding picture aligns perfectly could result in you know pieces of the affordable housing picture that will accumulate of which a percentage of will- <laughs> well, you know 10 years from now you'll be talking about real homes <laughs> it's not part of it no but i think that that illustrates part of the problem right like cuz there is no way to talk to people like bill walton who are on edge about what's happening what are we going to do about this problem right now and you're like well I'm doing shelter, housing, and outreach, and you know, in ten years, it's gonna. What am I doing? Yeah. Did I or did I not just ink an exclusive negotiating agreement with a development team with multi partners that will concurrently reach out through doing its due diligence during that process alongside an environmental analysis? Did I? What do you mean? I'm not doing anything. Wait, you forgot you got to lift the height limit. Oh. Well, yeah, we forgot about the, <laughs> yeah, that sure. it's illegal right now. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. literally not allowed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Was this that. a subtweet? These are all subtweets, by the way. None of them have no, gone. <laughs> n- nobody would dare tweet at Bill yeah. in this sort of vein. So, But it, it also, uh, the, there, there seems to have been a police response to mm. the 
mm-hmm. homeless people living in the part of the park that had so enraged Bill Walton. Which is interesting because it didn't come after his emails were sent. It came after they became public. Right. So the other thing that um, Gloria talked about, um, so he talked about, again, he talked about shelters that were coming online now and some some housing that was coming on a little sooner. But he did say, it's not compassionate to leave people to die on our streets. On Wednesday, I joined Governor Gavin Newsom as he signed the Care Court Act into law. It's a paradigm shift into how California will serve the severely mentally ill and get them into care. So put very simply, first responders and family members of people who are struggling with severe mental illness could be referred to um, basically to be compelled to be compelled to enter mental health treatment. Thank you. So that is another one though, that a lot of steps are in the way of that making a dent. So our own Lisa Halverstadt did a story this week about the behavioral health system. So behavioral health, when people mention that is the combo of mental illness treatment and addiction treatment, right? So uh, what did she find on that? That, that? that basically it's not ready to do much. There's like a step down system essentially that you know the, the most acute care, uh, excuse me, the, the most general care when somebody's in crisis leads th- from the hospital into uh, sort of long-term treatment or and then specific specialized treatment. And all along the way, there's a shortage of beds and options. And so People are staying in each of those steps way longer than they need to. You know, hospitals and doctors are ready to discharge patients to go to the next step to get them into a you know something resembling more of a normal routine. And there's no space for them to go. And so you know, like the backups are like three years at this point. And so and now we've got this new care court that could increase substantially the amount of people being entered into this system, some of whom involuntarily, and well, I guess all of whom because of the care court would be doing so involuntarily. And so there's just a backlog in the system. Now you can continue to infuse more resources into the system to address some of those backlogs, but some of it's like infrastructure. You need to like build more facilities to have more beds, to be able to put people, to be able to bring more people into the system. So for everybody who wants to, you know, uh, a police response to do this, the non-jail option for some of those police responses is to enter this system. There's not really a space for them yet, Yeah, as as demonstrated by Lisa's story. Mm-hmm. And she noted that like people who are in that system, because they're waiting longer, might be making progress and they're ready to move on to the next system. But because they're waiting there so long, it's like they get worse again. Yeah. So they either plateau or yeah, they fall off. Yeah. Right? And it's, you know, it's both like demoralizing for the family or the individual, but also the staff members because they think they're helping somebody and then they can't really do anything. Yeah. I think it, it all gets back to the, the question of like, what are we doing? What can, is there a more clear thing we could say to people who are as frustrated as Walton and others, uh, people on the street about what is happening? Uh, and I, I do think that they need to dial it up a little differently, that there needs to be some kind of um, more clear effort to ameliorate what's happening immediately. And I think that the only way, you, you're obviously not going to build 10,000 new units that can house everybody who's homeless in the next six months. But 
some combination of emergency uh, safe camping areas, uh, yeah, put up a bid to ask people if they have property or homes or or anything that they could make use uh, of to to allow people to stay there. Uh, anything that allows safe parking, uh, and then combine that with an effort to to um, get people into hotels and get people into single room occupancy situations, and combine that with uh, a massive housing effort. You've got to be out there treating it almost like 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 a tsunami has hit, because that's the way people feel. Like they they go around, and they feel like there is an active emergency on the streets. And and they're being, you know, again, they're being presented instead with all these plans and budgets and ideas, but not with somebody who's acting like a tsunami has hit the streets. So I don't know if Walton's uh, angst generates that or not, but uh, uh, there seems to be something coming. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. Are you looking to engage with regional decision makers, business leaders, elected officials, and industry professionals committed to improving downtown San Diego? Join the Downtown San Diego Partnership. As a member, you'll receive access to exclusive resources, exposure to special programming, networking functions, and additional opportunities unmatched by any other local membership-based organization. Join the driving forces behind the future of Downtown San Diego. For a 10% discount, become a member today. So I was reading the, the Union Tribune this week. So they wrote uh, a story, and I just the headline just just like made me like nervous on their behalf. It said, <laughs> "Quote: Repealing free trash pickup in San Diego: colon, Where do your city council candidates stand?" The the free trash pickup thing is just this. It's like a real scandalous thing to say in San Diego public affairs. It's it, on the one hand. There are conservatives who are like, "What? It, nothing's for free in the government. I pay." <laughs> Is yeah. that your conservative voice? <laughs> yes, actually, that's the way they sound to me. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, it's like that's stereotyping, but like they do call me and say that. Yeah, like I, t- I actually get that phone call. Yeah, 
<laughs> they they don't they it's I pay for it with my taxes. Yeah. And it's paid. Don't say that I get it for free. Now, San Diego's the only place in California that does not charge a special fee for it. So I understand why people say it's provided for free. I get that. Relative I, to like the other side of the imaginary imaginary line in National City. Right. Or La Mesa. Like right. those those very similar people who have like they pay like for something. Genetically very similar to us. Yeah. They pay a different way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then then there's the fact that, you know, half the people in San Diego do pay right. a special fee for trash pickup. They are in the city of San Diego's boundaries and they have to pay private haulers to come get their things. So free trash pickup in San Diego just got, just got a lot of problems, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, but David Garrick, the UT, went there all in. He decides, so on the other side of the, of the free part, though, is the, are the progressives who are like, nothing's free. We pay for that service. And because we pay for that service and don't charge for it, we have to sacrifice other benefits that other cities can enjoy. And so nobody likes you calling that. And so it's like very just dicey. How, what, do you, what do you propose? Don't bring, special, don't bring me problems. Bring me solutions. Yeah. If you, it's easy to be outside the arena <laughs> yeah. picking at the guy inside. Yeah. What are you going to do? This is hard. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you, gotta, you just got to go around it with special fees, special fees everywhere. But here's where he really got me. He wrote, quote, the freebie. Oh, man. <laughs> guaranteed. By a 1919 law called the People's Ordinance doesn't extend to businesses, apartments, or condos whose owners must pay private haulers. Freebie. So then at that point, it's like a, like a handout. Yeah. It's not even just a free service you're not paying for. It's like this, being this seen is welfare. as like a, like a... This is welfare. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's just clarify once and for all. Mm-hmm. If you the the people's ordinance says if you can get your trash to a street, a public city owned street, the city must come pick it up without charging a special fee for it. When it was first implemented, the city said we will charge a fee for it eventually. But then later the city council put up votes and and the votes said you're not allowed to charge a fee. And that was in the eighties? Yeah. And so now, to ever charge a fee, they would have to put up a vote. That's the vote that's going forward in Measure B mm-hmm. on the November ballot. And Measure B would say the city would now be allowed to charge a fee. And then that would begin the process of eventually setting a fee. May I ask you a question? Yes. You're, you're, you're a good arbiter of, of, of what is honest political rhetoric. Continue. <laughs> More, more compliments. I'll allow it. Uh, if if you've noticed, whenever this measure is discussed, the, the supporters of it hasten to add that they are not increasing fees. That this is not a fee increase. It would be wrong, it'd be factually incorrect to describe this as and, an attempt to charge anyone anywhere. And do not a, call it a trash tax. Yeah, it's not a tax. It's not a fee. It's it is. A reform. A, a, it is a it is a, a uh, an amendment to our ordinance that would take away the part that says we can't charge a fee and make it say that we could, but do not say that we will. Is that a fair thing for them to insist upon our knowledge of or our our 
uh, emphasis around our framing of. Absolutely not. No, you should. You should. <laughs> we want to change it. So quite we clearly, can <laughs> quite clearly, the plan after this passes is to raise the fee. Yes. Otherwise, you would just ignore it, right? Yes. Yeah. You wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> no, they, they, they. You should look at Measure B as a fee of unknown level mm-hmm. right now. Put that decision in the hands of the city council. You're allowing the city council to work it out how much that fee should be. Because they intend to. Because they will absolutely <laughs> impose a fee. And and they should just own absolutely. That, that this is a fee we should charge. And that I, is, we can't afford. If you you want to go on the offensive? Call it welfare. You know, we can't afford this welfare for single family homeowners anymore. Whatever. Like It's more honest than this like lawyerly parsing of of it of it technically not being a fee increase and, and you know you know they they get a little bit twisted because they really want to highlight that this would pay for trash containers because right now if your trash container goes bad or you lose it mm-hmm. you got to like go and pay and it's a real hassle yeah and this one's gonna be like no we'll get you one for free <laughs> well they're gonna only do that because they're gonna charge a fee <laughs> <laughs> so it's not free right what the impact of the Law as it is now is that most apartments and condos cannot get their trash to the corner or the street and thus must pay a private hauler to come take it away. And implicit here, the this isn't free caucus because I pay taxes. What they're alleging is all the other things that they pay in taxes go into the city's general fund and the trash services that come to their house is paid for out of the general fund. The people who have those private haulers, they pay the same taxes into that general fund. Yes. You know, that there's even if they're they renters, don't get, they don't like get to like deduct out the, from their otherwise the rest of their tax bill. No. The fact that they pay this fee. And you can't right? you, you can't even write them off as renters. They don't pay a specific line on a lot of them are condo owners who do, and the renters of course do. Of course it's built into the cost yeah. of their rent. What are the, the like the, utilities and whatever? Like, like the landlord is just like, Well, I take this one on the chin. It would yeah. be it would be wrong for me to pass this on to you in the form of my rent. Like yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll handle the property tax. Say no more, <laughs> fam. Like, come on. That's one way that landlords are usually uh, I mean like a famously generous bunch, landlords. <laughs> <laughs> landed gentry are always looking out for their folks yeah um okay so have we established that i I don't know what we've established but i think it's gone okay so the news was that uh and this was the only one that caught my eye tommy howe who's running for city council now there's three active city council races district eight vivian moreno and anthony martinez uh vivian moreno has a pretty substantial advantage um but martinez is against this as well um jen campbell versus linda lukics on the coast uh jen campbell supports this change and then fee linda lukics doesn't but the one the real tight race right now is district six the claremont area uh kent lee Mm -hmm. a democrat running he supports this change he has a lot of support in the chamber of commerce labor all those groups and then tommy howe another democrat has come out and said he does not support it that's interesting it is interesting I haven't tracked down. I I have the sense he supported it in the past, but I need to track all that down. I think that we are uh, at a really interesting moment, though, where that has become like a little bit of a differentiator with local politics. And will it have an impact on on that sort of race? Will people see this as much as the opponents to it want them to see it 
as a fee during a time of elevated cost of living that is intolerable and should affect other politics around it, or will they get lost in the nuance and just approve it as a as a thing that's too complicated? I mean, it's easy to imagine. I don't know if this will actually come to bear because it requires organization and, and resources, but it's easy to imagine people aligning along the, the two main ballot measures this year, the sports arena height limit and the people's ordinance on like a old San Diego doctrinaire view and this like ascendant, um, the old rules don't apply progressive change theory of mm-hmm. politics or like Yimby NIMBY would be another way of framing this. Yeah. Like r- both the people's ordinance and the height limit were considered third rails of politics when I started covering local government. Yeah. And the defenders of those third rails were older, longer term residents, um, both Democrats and Republicans, frankly, but like their 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 uh, similarity was not partisan, but like how old they were and how long they'd lived there here and their view of what San Diego should aspire to be. Um, and then the, the, the supporters are likewise both Republicans and Democrats, but younger and with a more we should try to grow and uh, sort of a growth mindset around San Diego. Yeah. I, there's another twist here, right? Yeah. Which is that the state yeah. has demanded that all cities offer within the next year. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. The deadline was uh, nine months and 21 days uh, ago. Sorry. We've, classic, we we blew state move. Yeah. Of- yeah, we blew past that. And okay. the, but luckily, the, the measure, I think, passed like seven years ago. Okay. So it's, uh, we had plenty of time. We just blew past the deadline like, anyway. Not gonna, and <laughs> might be because of the situation here in San Diego. So what we're talking about is the state's mandate that all cities start to collect uh, compost and organic waste separate mm-hmm. and recycle it as best they can and protect it from going to landfills and causing greenhouse gases, all kinds of stuff, right? Yes, yeah, like twenty eight percent, give or take, of what's in landfills is food waste, and food waste, when trapped, like it accumulates methane, yeah. which is a, a, a extremely hazardous uh, greenhouse gas. So the city will have to create that system, mm-hmm. and that's going to cost a lot of money. Would it be fair to say, Andy, that a fee like they're talking about would be crucial to making that happen? Uh, no, that wouldn't be fair to say because they're not talking about a fee. They're talking about an amendment to the uh, <laughs> ordinance, which obviously does not imply any intent to ever raise the fee. It's just, you know, just good changing. to go through these things and give some future council in the distant, distant future the opportunity. Yeah. Well, our Mackenzie Elmer looked into that. You can stay tuned for a great story Monday analyzing the impact of that mandate and how that might be playing into this discussion about the people's order. Thanks for listening to the Voice of San Diego podcast, the most popular public affairs podcast recorded in this area of San Diego. And the only one, in fact, the most popular one that would explain the people's ordinance like that. 
Get your tickets to PolitiFest if you want to see a debate about that issue. Measure B, Sean Nilo Rivera, the council president, will face off against the CEO of the Taxpayers Association, Haney Hong. See all of our panels and debates and pods at politifest.org. That's politifest.org. Get a couple tickets for you and your friends. Students are free. Again, that's politifest.org. I'm Scott Lewis, CEO and editor-in-chief at Voice San Diego. Andrew Keats is managing editor. Andrea Lopez Villafania is also managing editor. Nate John is our excellent, patient, wonderful producer. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.